I don't actually identify as a, as a gay person. I, I like the, the label queer more because I think it's more comprehensive and it, it, it's ambiguous. Just like gay culture in general, what it's it, it's become, it's not because of the, the sex act, but it's it's because of the kind of values that it, like mainstream gay culture, the kind of values it promotes, I'm not really a big fan of. Life was about going out, drinking, taking drugs, you know, that's what people did in London at that time, yeah. It was a brilliant time and I had the best time of my life and you meet all people around the world. You know, I would never thought I had a Brazilian boyfriend. You wouldn't have those opportunities in New Zealand. So the partners I chose were very different. Going out, meeting new people, having a dance, having a laugh. It served its purpose, you know, when I was younger. You know, moving to another country and whatever, and I just wanted to be me, 100% gay, you know. And obviously, hanging out in gay places made that easier. Not that I, you know, didn't feel okay to be me anywhere else, but... Um, yeah, whereas I think now, uh, you know, yes, I do meet people, but obviously I meet new people through different avenues, you know. I get support of friends, yeah, because they want to go to MFJ with, they want to go to the church, you know, because we're going to church together, we go to the meetings together, we go to the demonstration together, we go to the pride together, you see? I'm free to do what I want to do, no fear. Even when we are having one or pint or two, nobody's asking you. Yeah, but even if I go to Soho Square, sometimes I go to Soho Square and take uh, some glasses of well, some pine. <laughs> and the main thing that I discovered is not all of them were like hot people with amazing bodies. You could see like everything. You could see like skinny guys and you could see fat dudes with muscle marys. And it was so exciting and so relieving in a way. I mean, it was, it was like, oh my God, there's a place here for everyone. I was in my own world because I have suffered so much. So I didn't want to come out in this country, but I saw on the TV one day, there was a pride. I was excited about it. And these were people who were marching and they were not afraid of themselves. I'm happy that I came to this country because I have now my partner. She's really loving and caring. And she's not afraid of going out with me and saying that she is my girlfriend. Well, my partners, my friends, they told me about LGBT and doctor and mental health team, they tried to help me. They want me to get in touch with LGBT Foundation. It's like a blessing on me. I'm not worried that much. I'm feeling happily. At least I met so many people around here. They're helping me out a lot. I come from a really, really, really poor background. There was six of us, but most of the time, eight to ten of us in a one-bedroom flat. And I was working in a shipping agency and I got sick and tired of promotion going to so-and-so's wife or friend. There was a lot of nepotism in the company where I was working. We had an agency in London at Heathrow Airport and I applied for a job and got it. My English wasn't very good so as well as working full-time I attended college and I took the first certificate and the Cambridge proficiency in one year. Usually it takes two years but I was absolutely adamant that I was going to master the English language and I did to the point that I started teaching it. 
I do loads of things. I work for a local authority, but I am also a very, very active in the LGBT community. And I'm also very active in the ESOL community. So I volunteer for the National Association of ESOL Teachers. I've done for the last eight or nine years. I set up the London branch. And I'm also part of Action for ESOL, where we lobby government and we're very political and very active in trying to secure funding for refugees and asylum seekers. I also volunteer for the Ruth Heyman Trust. I was on the board of director of the National Management Committee of LGBT History Month and Schools at UK for about 18 months. Besides my full-time job, which is paid work, I would say I belong to many different communities. There's my ESOL community, which is very close to my heart through my job and the professional career that I've had here. There's then the gay community, the trans community, the lesbian community. Yeah, there's different kind of communities which I dip in and out of. The thing is, it's like I'm a daughter of a migrant, even though my parents are from North Africa. But I was born and bred in Paris, so I had like a European upbringing and European values, so I feel like I'm a melting pot of two different cultures. When I was growing up, I always saw it as being like a, a disability. It's almost like having your bottom between two chairs. You can never sit comfortably on either. So I could never sit on the French chair comfortably because of my heritage. And I could never sit on the Tunisian chair because of the way I was born. And I guess being an immigrant here, then I've chosen to be an immigrant. So it's okay. When I said to people I was French-Tunisian, people thought it was very exotic. Whereas in Paris, it was just like, you know, one of them North African. Because we were in the minority here, there's very, very few Tunisian in London, you know. People go, oh, Tunisia. And usually the response was like, oh, yeah, I've been on holiday there. Or some people didn't even know where it was. And it was like, because of the way French people are viewed here, like gay Paris, sexy, if you speak with a French accent, you have a little je ne sais quoi, la la, that kind of thing. So the way I was perceived was completely different from the way I was perceived in France, where I was like, you know, called names and that kind of stuff. It was an upgrade coming here. I always loved the UK because it wasn't about who you knew or what qualifications you got but it was like are you able to do the job yes no okay we'll give you a chance I've got roots here physical roots in terms of the place that I live in but also my support systems and network are here if I'm in need I wouldn't turn to people in France I turn to people close to me here London is my home and I've got my adopted family here. My support network is here. Getting involved in a, a little bit into gay politics, had a, a table at the Society's Day out. We had a sign on ours saying, um, we're the people your mother warned you about. And I started running the first gay radio program, possibly in Britain then with uh, a lesbian named Joan, and it was the Joan and Jean Friends Show. We always asked for people to dedicate a song to their same-sex boyfriend or girlfriend, and no one ever did, but we chatted about gay activities that were going on in, in the region and nationally and internationally. The first time I went to the Pride, 
that was Joy. <laughs> yeah, that was Joy when I went to the London try. <laughs> that was the best day knowing like, oh, because you see everybody like <laughs> celebrating the day. <laughs> From nothing I came here alone as a student and where I am now and a part of the UK. Like uh, you can talk about it in a job, they don't discriminate you. There is something still going on in many companies and things, but it doesn't come out. I'm very proud of myself. I'm very proud of my sexuality. I'm here now, that's why. And there's so many rights, stronger than a stronger whole LGBT community, you know. I do feel motivated and I enjoy my life now. And I say, wow. A lot of sort of the white middle class LGBT people feel that the the, the fight is is over, is done, is accomplished. But the reality is that the, the, the majority of LGBT people are still struggling. So in a sense, it's a gift. People of global majority is a gift to to the to the white people in a sense. I think there's so so much work to do everywhere. I mean, most of the Commonwealth countries still criminalize homosexuality. I think seven of them still impose the death sentence. We don't have to look very far in Saudi Arabia, Iran, Nigeria, Pakistan. Uh, and the reason why I'm mentioning that is that I work with asylum seekers, LGBT asylum seekers coming from these countries, and they tell me what we have gone through and then sometimes I think about myself thinking well what I have gone through is nothing compared to what we have gone through having been beaten up having been tortured you know sometimes just for being gay nothing else nothing else have been done there's still a lot to do on the global scale and in other countries where you think people are more liberal just shows you know things still needs to be Thoughtful, you know, equality should not be taken for granted.